This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. It's the first Sunday of June, and I am so excited to be in the pulpit this entire month on Sundays. I will be here all Sundays this month preaching this this series I'm starting today. And I feel like I probably say this too much, but man, I'm, I'm not just saying it. I feel so strong about this series. If you happen to have to travel, I know June is here. People are going to be on the move. We had so many people out of town last week, so many people out of town this weekend. If you have to travel, go to our app on your smartphone, catch up with this month's series, or go online, because I really feel strong that this summer series, the summer series of this month of June, is for all of us, and it's going to be a blessing to you. I'm calling it Carpe Diem. And uh, I know it's graduation around here. Everybody's graduating, and I know that theme is used a lot during this time of the year. But I'll be using subtopics every week. And this week, being the first one of this series, I want to preach to you today this sermon. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. One moment changes everything. And if you really want to look at it this way, your life as it is this very moment, right now in this service, your life is the snowball effect of moments throughout your history. One moment at a time took you down a different path, and then you hung a right, and then you hung a left. You went around a curve, down a valley, up a mountain. But every single moment has accumulated to bring you to who you are this day. If you want a good illustration, there was a time in my life that I traveled in my ministry before I moved to Fort Worth. I traveled a lot, speaking in different churches. One of my favorite churches to speak in was in San Antonio, Texas. While there, I developed a good relationship with the local church pastor. I, I, I went there often to preach and, and back in the day, we would have revival meetings. And I went there to preach many times. Well, that preacher in San Antonio was in high demand of his pulpit preaching. So on one occasion, he was flown all the way to the state of California to preach. While that preacher was in California preaching, he was blown away at the gift of a musician that was playing keyboard in the service. So much so that he offered that gentleman a job. He took the job and that gentleman moved all the way back to San Antonio. Speed the story up. That gentleman then called back home to California and said, San Antonio is incredible. You ought to come and live here with me. He told his little sister that and his little sister took him up on the offer. She moved all the way from California and moved into an apartment with her big brother in San Antonio. Well, I then visited that church again, and I happened to hear a young, beautiful girl sing a solo in that church, and let's just say that daddy put his suave on. Thank God that preacher went to California to hear that musician, and that musician invited his sister, because then I got to hear the Nora sing her first time or my first time to hear her sing 
So, of course, all I needed was one solo, and I knew I wanted to go out with her. Plus, she was smoking hot. I can't say that in the 9 o'clock. I can say it in the 11. 9 o'clock, I would have gotten one of these from one of the sections. 11 o'clock, you totally get it, right? So I asked her out. Of course, she said no. I asked her out a second time. She said nada. I asked her out a third time. She said no English. But man, I just kept pursuing. And she finally broke down and said yes. Hmm. The rest is history, right? But it was one moment. Well, that's my version of the story. Y'all don't ask her her version. That was my one moment. There was moments. We recently took our little girls to see the recent release of Alice in Wonderland. And if you haven't seen the newest version yet, um, the story is, is it's so good because it's based on this truth. Alice is not happy in her, in her present situation. So she has this thought that if she could steal the chronosphere and go back in time, she would change one moment at a time that would ultimately make her present situation different. Well, the movie reveals what all of us know. You cannot change the past. You can't change the past, but the movie also tells us that you can learn from it. While you can't change it, you can learn from it. Here's my way of saying this this morning. If you want your future to be different than your now is, than your present, then you have to start living differently now in order for your, your future to be different. What's the old-fashioned definition of insanity? doing the same thing that you've always done but expecting a different outcome? Well, if you want tomorrow, five years from now, if you want your 10-year plan to look different than what it is now, you can't wait 10 years to start living it differently. You must live it now in order for it to be different tomorrow. So let me say it this way. You've got this moment. Yesterday has come and yesterday is gone. Tomorrow's yet arrived. But now is a moment that God has given you, and I just wanted to come by on a Sunday morning and encourage you, do not miss your moment. Because this moment, along with others by God's grace, will tell you who you will be, where you will be at, and how life is going for you in your future. Howard Schultz. Howard Schultz was handling $3.8 million. A lot of money. But he was handling it because he was ready to part ways with it. He wasn't sure if he wanted to go all in or not because what he was debating on buying was a small chain of coffee houses with a really odd name, Starbucks. And he was debating, do I want to invest $3.8 million in a small chain of these coffee houses? In his book, Pour Your Heart Into It, he makes this statement. This is my moment, I thought. 
If I don't seize the opportunity, if I don't step out of my comfort zone and risk it all, if I let too much time tick on, my moment will pass. I knew that if I didn't take advantage of this opportunity, I would replay it in my mind over and over and over again and ask the question, what if that $3.8 million that he invested is worth today at about $100 billion? So from a fiscal point or financial scenario, it was well worth the investment of $3.8 million, but it really wasn't tied to money. He was in his moment, and he recognized this moment, and he went for it. Obviously, we're talking about something far more important this morning in this room than anything to do with money. We're talking about eternity, and we're talking about the well-being of your of your health, of your spirit, man, and the well-being of your soul. But just as Howard Schultz, from a business point, had a moment that he couldn't afford to miss, you this morning have a moment by God's grace he's given you this day, and you cannot afford to miss. From a spiritual application, you can't afford to miss this moment. One of the Reasons that I feel that the scripture is so beneficial is because it gives us insight to things that, 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 that really ring a bell with us. It brings it all back to home with us. An example is found in the book of Jeremiah chapter 46. Jeremiah 46 and verse 17. One of the saddest epitaphs of all time is recorded by the prophet Jeremiah. Let me ask you this question, not to be morbid today, but have you ever struggled with the thought of what the preacher was going to say at your funeral about you? I've done that a thousand times. And I'm praying that Ron Lyles will live long enough to preach my funeral because I know he'll tell all the good things. I'm worried about some other preachers. But Ron would tell all the good things. But have you ever thought, what are people going to say about me at my funeral? Have you ever thought, is anybody going to show up at my funeral? Yeah, I, I, me too. Check this out. One of the saddest epitaphs of all times recorded by the prophet Jeremiah in 46 and 17 when he's referring to king, uh, or, or Pharaoh rather, Pharaoh Hophra. This cat had potential. History was his for the taking. History was his for the making. He was the fourth in this 26-year dynasty of Egypt. He had the world by the tail, Joe. He had everything, man. All he had to do was live out his potential. But Jeremiah tells the real story of how it all went down. In the New English Bible, it records it this way. Give Pharaoh of Egypt the title King Bombast, the man who missed his moment. What would the preacher say about you? Were you one that had all crazy potential? Were you one that had just the, the world by the tail but missed it? Or we'll be lucky enough to have been said over us, wow, he didn't have all the, all the lavish things in the world. He may not have had all the, the uh, opportunities that some had, but when he was given his moment, 
he made it work. When he was given, when she was given her moment, she made it last. You can't afford to miss it because you never know how many more you'll get. But what we do know is we have this one, and this one's critical. Let me tell you why I feel that a lot of people miss their moment. One of the reasons, and I think all of us can understand why I put this as the, the ultimate. I think most people miss their now moment because they're stuck in their past. They may be breathing and living in the now, but they're not functioning in the now. They're still functioning in yesterday. You literally could put your purple shirt on with your khaki britches. And in the moment, but mentally and spiritually, emotionally, I can be a, a victim and be trapped as a captive to my yesterday. The theological term that I would like to use with this is condemnation. Everyone say it. Say condemnation. There's a big difference in condemnation and conviction. Everyone say conviction. It's critical, man, that you know the differences in these two. Condemnation is a work of the enemy of your future. Conviction is your future's best friend. Condemnation says you'll never go further than you've already been. Conviction says you've only started. Condemnation says you'll always be what you've always been. You'll always talk like you've always talked. You'll always think like you've always thought. You'll always be a sinner. You'll always be a loser. You'll always be an abuser. You'll always be a drunk. You'll always be a user. You'll always be less than. You'll always remain stuck with the label of your past. Condemnation wants to pull you down. But let's talk about conviction. Conviction is a work of God. And conviction says, you're going down the wrong path. Why don't you let me steer you this way? Conviction says you probably not should be going there, doing that, thinking that, talking that. If you'll let me bring you this way. God brought Israel out of Egypt in one day. But it took 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. Because they could not move out of their past. But it makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense. Their past was 400 years of slavery. You do anything for 21 days, you've created a habit. Try doing it for 400 years. And all of a sudden, they're free, but they're not living free. They're free, but they're not thinking freely. They're free, but they're not functioning and doing life free. They're always looking over their backs looking to see where the next whip would be hit because it was ingrained in them, indoctrinated in them that they would always be victims of their past. A lady by the name of Jill Price. She's 51 years old. 
And at 14 years old, on February 5th, 1980, February 5th, 1980, she was diagnosed with something called hyperthymesia. Hyperthymesia. She can remember every single detail of every single second, of every single moment, of every single day. And it's a sickness because she can't forget. How many of you can just be happy if you can remember where you put those keys? My poor mama one time was holding me, the story is. She was holding me saying, Tom, where's Tommy? I don't know if that was an eye-opener of her state of being or if it just told the story about Tommy. I don't know. All of us wish we could remember more. Wouldn't you love to remember that birthday? Wouldn't you love to remember that anniversary? All the men said amen. Wouldn't you love to remember that phone number? Oh, I can't. What was that number? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. Jill Price wrote a book, The Woman That Can't Forget. And in her book, These are her words, rather chilling. Imagine being able to remember every fight you've ever had with a friend, every time someone let you down. How about remembering all the stupid mistakes you've ever made, the meanest, most harmful things you've ever said to people, and those words spoken over yourself. And then imagine not being able to push them out of your mind, no matter what you've tried. Jill's not alone in this. There are people on the pew with you. It possibly could be you. That Jill's not the only one that's a prisoner of her past. Every single one of us in this room, we're stuck at times with the flashes of yesterday. We could be driving down the road, Peter and Delana, and out of nowhere we could see things of our past. That, oh, if I could just forget that. Then there's moments in worship services where the worship team are leading an entire congregation into the presence of God. And it's as though you're looking across the room and everyone's having their moment. But you're missing your moment because you're stuck in, I can't believe I did that last week. And you start beating yourself up and the enemy is saying, you better put your hand down. How can you worship with that on your mind? And the enemy says, how dare you smile when you walk through this for you? You know y'all just fought in the car coming to church. Condemnation. And you become a prisoner of yesterday. And therefore, you're trapped from moving into your tomorrow. But that's the work of the enemy through condemnation. The whisper of the Holy Spirit is... I just brought that up to you to remind you to not go back there. It's almost like the children of Israel while they're in the wilderness, they got so tired of walking, they said, can't we just go back? 
It would be so much easier to go back. Can't we just go back, go back, go back? And I know I've said it a thousand times lately. And I know some of you feel like it's just getting old. But it's not getting old. If it were getting old, we wouldn't have to keep bringing it up. And that is, don't go to your car and put it in gear and try to go home looking in your rearview mirror. It's not going to work good for you. It's not going to work good for all of us. We're going to have more insurance claims being filed. There's a reason that the rearview mirror is much smaller than the front window. Because it's not God's plan for you to live life in reverse. You can't, you can't miss this moment because of your yesterday. God's paid a price for your yesterday where you could be free today. Someone say amen this morning. Israel finally found their freedom. Someone answer the phone, please. Just bring it here. I'll answer it. If you don't want to answer it in church, I'll answer it in church. That way we just move on. Yeah. Voicemail. Check this out. Stay with me. Israel finally got their freedom, but guess where it was? 381 miles north of Egypt. 381 miles northeast of Egypt. It finally happened, and when Gilgal, when they approached Gilgal, God finally got them far enough away where they finally chose to believe that he was taking them to the promised land. When they finally accepted his gift of freedom, these were the words of the Lord over Israel. Today I have rolled away the shame of slavery in Egypt. I've rolled it away. So whether it's going to take you 40 years or whether you have to go 381 miles, if you'll just keep Heading in the direction with God, there will be a day where he rolls away the shame of your yesterday. Let's clap our hands to the Lord this morning. Yeah. It's never, ever, 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 it's never too late to still become who you've always wanted to be. It's never too late because God woke you up this morning. You have this moment. He's given you the gift of his grace of today. Let me close this morning. The Bible reminded us in our text, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 verse 1. Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Not those that walk after the flesh, but those that walk after the Spirit. There's no condemnation in them. If our worship team will come help me close, let me just kind of wrap this up with this here this morning. When Jesus came, he came with the mission to put your past in its place. That place is the past. Everybody with me? Everybody still here? When your sins were nailed to the cross, 
God's hammer of mercy does not have a claw on the back end of it. So really, Jesus' purpose was to lay his life down for your sins. Do you know what your purpose is? It's to leave them there. Y'all know me. I love to talk about my precious little ones. We've got a six-year-old. Have you ever tried to tell a six-year-old to not touch something? It doesn't even have to be attractive to her. But if you identify it as untouchable, (laughs) don't touch it. Baby girl, you do not have to know Spanish. You do not have to know geometry. You do not have to know how to, uh, how, to, how to fly a space shuttle. I just don't want you to touch that. I'm not expecting too much out of you. I know you're sick, so you don't have to worry about driving a car. You don't have to pay the mortgage. Just don't touch that. Your job, your responsibility, baby, is just not touch that. I'll do everything else. I'll go to the store. I'll buy the food. Your mama and I will both cook. Daddy will do the laundry. Just don't touch Jesus paid the price and he has removed your sin. And the only job you and I have often is the toughest job on the planet and that's not to touch it. Because the enemy says, oh, but look at it. The enemy says, just go back there. Just just reach back to that memory. Just, just go back to that website. Just reach back there for one more drink. If, you, if you'll just visit that person one more time, just send that text once more. I know he's brought you so far, but one more time's not going to bother. And the Lord's saying, check it out. Just don't touch. I've already taken care of it. I've already buried it and put the dirt on top of it. It's all good. Let me tell you why we entertain that thought. And I close with this. The reason we entertain that thought of going back is because we only see half of the gospel most of the time. We see that Jesus came to forgive us, Kim. He came to forgive you and me of our sin. We see that, we get excited of that, and we have now been brought out of the red of our deficit of sin debt. We've been brought back to square. Well, for all the golfers in the room, we've been brought back to par. We're even now. But that's just half the gospel. There's a whole other part of the gospel that we don't want to think about oftentimes because all we're determined to do is get back to square. But did you know that when Jesus forgave you of your sin, yeah, he took you from the red back to square, but he also deposited his righteousness into your account to give you reserve, to give you equity. You're running in the black. It's his righteousness that gives you the strength to not go back and entertain your past. So what I'm trying to say today is we don't want to just come to the Lord Jesus and ask him to forgive us, and we do it every week, forgive us, and then next week, forgive us, and then next week, forgive us. And all we do is this cycle of getting free from sin and going back and picking it up. Getting free from sin and going back and picking it up. But this moment that God gives you today is he wants you to see that you've been free from sin But now he wants you to receive his righteousness.
where you can walk in the life that he's created for you. Your account's not just zero. You've got his righteousness as a credit under your name. And now you can live righteously. Stand with me this morning. If our prayer partners would come quickly. If our prayer partners would come quickly. This is what I want to do today. It's been a long time since I've done this. It's been a long time since I've done this. And, and you know, sometimes I don't know why I do what I do. I, I just feel led to do it. In just a moment, I'm going to pray over you. But on this first Sunday of June, again, I'm just going to follow with what I feel the Holy Spirit's leading me to do. I grew up around the church environment that we would pray with each other when we were going through something. If we had needs, whether it was the transmission was slipping or we needed a job or our kids were in a, in a tight spot, we needed God to do something, we would pray together. This morning, I wanted our prayer partners to be ready because it's been a long time since I've done this on a Sunday. But if you have a need in your life, if you need God to touch you physically or emotionally, or if you just, you just need somebody to tell you you're going to make it, I'm going to open up this altar for those type of needs. Now, every week here at Calvary, the best part of my day is about these next few moments. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. While in a moment we're going to have prayer for those that need prayer, right now is the most important part of my day. It's what God's called me to do. Hopefully by a story that I've told today or by a scripture that I've mentioned, hopefully you find that in your heart the realization that you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Right here, right now, in this moment, if you need to give your life to Jesus Christ and make Him your Lord and Savior, I want you to lift your hands quickly all over this room. If today is the moment that you come to know Jesus as your Savior, I want you to lift your hand quickly. I see you right here on the front row. Is there anyone else? This moment's for you. If you want to give him your sin, if you want to give him your past, if you want your debt to come back to zero and then even enter into the positive, would you lift your hand? I want to pray over you specifically. God bless you today. I see you right there in the back. God bless you for that hand. You'll leave your hand up today. I don't want to miss you. If you have your hand lifted or if you have a need in your life and you want to join me in this moment of prayer, while I pray, I'm going to ask you to do something. Is the only thing that you have to do today, and that is respond. Jesus makes it real easy. If you'll just respond, our prayer partners are ready to pray with you. If you had your hand lifted up or if you have a need in your life, would you come quickly to the front and let us lead you to Jesus and let us pray over you. Father, it's in the name of the Lord that I pray for my friends. I pray for these that are here today. I pray for this young man. 
I pray for these that have needs, physical needs, family needs, emotional needs, financial needs. I pray for these that are here. Prayer partners, be on the look for these, please. I pray for these, God, to have the wonderful blessing of heaven to be poured out upon their lives. Let sin be forgiven as I know it has already been. Let them receive that forgiveness. Let them, Lord, be settled right now in their mind. I come against any fear. I come against all discouragement. Lord, if there's someone here today that's just lacking faith and hope, I just pray that they reach up and receive from heaven today. I pray a blessing over them all in Jesus.